0: Well, let's head down to uh, Studio Six where we got Hazy B, the host of Overdrive. What's going on, Brian? Do we oh, got gotcha? you?
1: Some audio. Oh,
0: we got some technical difficulties. Maybe we, we're not getting them there. Hazy, there. I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Oh, Beautiful. There you are. We got gotcha, you. We got gotcha. you. What's going on, Hazy B? What time did you get into
2: the building this morning? I uh, got here around seven a.m. So I did a phoner with First Up, and I told them I would be in studio, and then my alarm went off, and I said, I'm not I feel <laughs> making that. it for... No, 640.
1: It's ridiculous.
2: Was not going to happen. So, yeah, I've been here since about seven. How many deals do we have so far? I think five Five a
0: day. It sounds like a six has just come down. I'm seeing Pierre Lebrun, Dmitry Kulikov going to Pittsburgh. So Pitt getting themselves another depth defenseman. Any any comments on that one? <laughs>
2: I guess they're just trying to keep the band together, and they're trying to get in, right? Yeah. I mean, that there is a legitimate race in the Eastern Conference, and, and when you sign Gino, when you bring back Letang, when you got Sid, Hextall and Burke are committed to doing whatever they can to get in. So they're making moves. They've been putting players on waivers. They're trying to free up money. I don't think that that's going to move the needle in terms of them actually punching a ticket, but that's basically what it is. And I I'm curious about that mentality because – They're going to be a wild card team, so they're going to likely play Boston in the first round, maybe Carolina in the first round. I don't see them doing anything between now and three o'clock, including this Kulikov deal, that would push either of those series to even six games, Mm. let alone seven. Like if Pitt, yes, they got the pedigree, they got great players, but you play Boston in the first round, what do you realistically think you're doing? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember that Tampa team? I don't see how they could be that optimistic.
0: That's a good point. Remember like that Tampa, Tampa team? back in Columbus, they 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 had such a great season pillar to post and then right the playoffs came and they kind of fell apart. Got, Is that the year Washington swept? won?
1: And Washington got so, to look yeah. at Columbus in the second round and say, Damn, we're playing yeah, Columbus. It,
2: that's listen, the beauty of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're not wrong, Julia. I mean there's I a long history oh, right. of that. I just I think it's even beyond that. Let's say the miracle happens, you you beat Boston. Then you got to play Toronto or Tampa mm. in the next round. So you need a borderline miracle to get through that. And then the third round, you're looking at Carolina, New York, New Jersey. I just think there's a real separation between the top six teams and everyone else, including Pitt. And listen, Ottawa's coming. They're making it interesting. The Islanders are trying to hold on. Buffalo's trying to hold on. It's going to be a great race. And there are a couple of the teams in there like Ottawa, like Buffalo, if they get in, they're just happy to be there. That's a big accomplishment. Even if they get swept, they have made big steps. But that's not the case with Pitt. Like Pittsburgh's been a perennial cup-contending team for 15 years, and I just don't think that's a reality anymore.
0: Uh, with Brian Hayes uh, from Overdrive, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. You look at the deals that have come down in the last couple of weeks here, especially in the East. You talk about it being an arms race to even get out of here. But you look at players, Dmitry Orlov, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Patrick Kane. Of those players, is there one in particular that you're circling saying he could be a difference maker, he could be that key acquisition that this team
2: needed? Well, I'm not sure Boston needed Orlov, but look what he's doing already. Unbelievable. He's, yeah, he's got three goals, eight points in four games. Guy's chewing up minutes, and now you've got a top four of Orlov likely playing with McAvoy. You've got Lindholm likely playing with Brandon Carlo. I don't think you can you can top that, that top four defense in Boston. So that is the definition of the rich getting richer. I don't know what Kane has left. I think Tarasenko, he scored again last night. He had the OT winner. I'm not sure which of those two players will have the bigger impact. Kane's the bigger name. He's had a better career. But Tarasenko might technically have more left in the tank to actually supply in, in New York. Um, so I, I think, honestly, this is where the Leafs come into play. Ryan O'Reilly is, in a way, now under the radar because there's been so many moves. Yeah. right? Yeah. Like Bo Horvath, Bo Horvath got traded a month ago, and he's been very good on the island. And he's a really impactful player. And it's almost as if that's been completely lost in the shuffle because of how many other deals have taken place. Uh, So I'm not sure there's one in particular because there's been so many. There's four or five guys you can look at in the Eastern Conference, and you fully expect they're going to play big minutes, offer big production, and possibly have a big impact on a cup pursuit.
0: I didn't even mention the name Timo Meyer, who was probably right. the best oh, of the guy, bunch eh? and number one on the trade board for months and didn't even come across because there's been
2: so many big names. Yeah. And I think that that's a testament to him playing in San Jose. I think a part of it, too, right? There's an East Coast bias there that we don't pay attention as much mm-hmm. because he's been in San Jose. But you're right. That that dude is a player. Like he's a point of game power forward that's gonna have a big impact on that team. And Jersey's under the radar because they have been off the radar for so long. And it's Toronto, Boston, Tampa, New York. Carolina's been, you know, a perennial powerhouse in the east. Watch out for those devils, man. They they still could shock the world and, and if they do, Timo Meyer will play a big role in that. Yeah, all of a sudden people care. We care what people in New Jersey think. (laughs) I love the people of New Jersey. (laughs)
1: Your favorites. I've
2: always been a fan.
1: Your favorites. Brian Hayes right now, the host of Overdrive. What do you think about the Leafers, Hazy B? You think Kyle Dubas has anything up his sleeve today? We asked the question on Twitter if fans would be disappointed or if they're happy with the roster that he's put together if he didn't do anything else today. uh, Where do you sit on that?
2: I doubt it. Um, He's got under two hours left. Uh, I would think, if anything, it's a depth defenseman moving out. Maybe they recoup some picks or a pick. But he's done so much heavy lifting here. I don't see how you could be expecting more. I know the goaltending position is what keeps coming up, but it it sure sounds like he made his bed in the summer. It's Samsonov and Murray, and Joseph Wall is likely the third-string guy. And if for whatever reason they ever had to get to a fourth string, then they were toast anyway. And I I agree with that philosophy. If you're on your third or fourth stringer and you need him to drag you to a cup final and win one, that's just not possible. It's not going to happen. So if you're not going to upgrade on Samsonov, if you can't move off Murray because he's got this year and next and because of his reputation league-wide, this is what you're going to have. So I don't expect he's going to do anything in the goaltending position between now and three, unless it truly is like a depth, depth Marley's piece. Uh, So I think everything that he was going to do, he has done. I think he has probably exceeded his own expectations. I'm not sure three weeks ago he was thinking O'Reilly, Achari, Luke Shen's coming back. You're bringing in Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Eric Gustafson. Like six players were in the lineup last night that were not here three weeks ago. That is a lot of turnover. So I'm not bracing for any more. I don't think they have to do any more. I think he's done a very good job of piecing this team together, and now it's on them to simply get the job done. Hayes, I'm curious. Like You talk about they brought in so many pieces here, right? Six
0: guys. And you look at the roster today and the game last night against uh, the Calgary Flames and how different the roster looked compared to where they were night one of the of the season. When do you think the shift in – you know, philosophy maybe for Kyle Dubas was this year, where he realized to himself, you know what, we got to change things up and we got to add some more impacts, guys. we got to maybe uh, go a little bit closer to the intangibles, team eye test. Like, where do you think that shift occurred?
2: I think it possibly occurred last spring, and they made their decision that they were coming back with the core, but they were going to change other pieces. And the way that the salary cap world works and free agency works is on July 1st, the 31 other teams are in Mm. and everyone thinks they got a chance of turning a corner and you only have so many contracts to give out and only so much money to give out and you're competing with other teams that are willing to maybe give more money so it's difficult to do a lot of work on july 1st and in free agency at the draft you can't draft and develop six players between the draft and and the trade deadline or game one of the playoffs so i i'm I wouldn't be surprised if they always envision making significant changes leading up to the deadline, because that's when you know there's a lot of teams that are out, players become available that you were not prepared to. There's no way they thought Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari were on their radar last summer, right? Everyone was thinking St. Louis would be competitive, but that comes up, and boom, they pounce on that. McCabe, I think they probably were planning on finding a replacement for Jake Muzzin when they realized Muzzin wasn't going to play again. They've known he wasn't going to play again for months. Everyone's known that. So this is not something that happened game 40, game 45. They played Boston and looked poorly, so boom, we're going to change everything. I think they realized they had enough to be a very quality regular season team, do a lot of the heavy lifting, be well on your way to the playoffs. But I would assume it was game seven against Tampa last year, would have had more of an impact on what these changes were going to be than any individual game or cluster of games during the regular season. I, I think he's been committed to this. He had to wait his time. He couldn't get it done in free agency. Again, you can't draft and develop overnight, so you had to wait for players to become available and teams would get desperate to flip and accrue cap space. There's a lot of different complications that go into it, but I, I'm sure this has been a long time coming. And whether it's the right move or not, we'll find out. But as I've been saying all week, I'm sure you two have as well, there's a chance to marry both mentalities here. Yeah. Where if you are a believer in consistency, bringing the band back, skill, speed, talent, et cetera, that is still here. And now it's married with turning the roster over, moving pieces around, bringing in new goalies. Tavares is playing on the wing, toughness, grit, veteran status. Really, both parties have come together. And if the Leafs can go on a run – Everyone is going to be obnoxious, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every Leaf fan oh, yeah. is going to say, I knew it. everyone 've been say telling you're you right. Exactly. And, and that's the way it's. And I guess from Dubas' standpoint, he could probably stake claim on, on both sides of the fence as well. Like yeah. he knew he had to make changes, which he did. But Matthews, Marner, Nylander, but Tavares, Riley, wow. Brody, they're all still here. The coach is still here. So he can probably spin it whichever way he wants. Yeah, we, we can, can unite we will, the fan right?
1: base. We can all stand there on parade yes, day, hold the hands, that unites us. sway from side to side.
2: There you go. Uh,
1: Hazy B, we got to let you go. You're busy over at Studio 6, but... I have to ask about the O dog. He always comes in looking so looking so fly and dapper. He's looking even Svelte. better today. Like a solid twelve today. What's what's going on in Studio yeah, Six?
2: it's top notch. Yeah. Uh, there was a stunt double that was in here. Same. That was a stunt same, double. Same, no, if you can believe it. I thought it
1: was just a good hair day.
2: No, it it it, it was. I'm willing to break that news for you too. But the resemblance was uncanny. Same body mass, same everything across yeah. the board. And, um, yeah, the O-Dog, they got him working here, man. He was playing the role of Bill Daly when they were doing the draft lottery. I saw that. He had the stunt double. He's up for the Oscar next week with his role in this new song that Duffy put together. He's, uh, he's a man of many talents. He's a rock star. And, I, I, yeah, and he's still rocking over here. I there think, he is. He just walked by. There he is. what up? What up? <laughs>
0: O-Dog's officially been on Leafs Lunch Edition of Trade Center. We heard him right there. Uh, Hazy B, appreciate it, pal. I'm sure you've got lots of takes and lots of stuff to continue to talk about at 4 p.m. when O.D. gets on these mics. But we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll look for you on the tube as well between now and then. Yep, can't wait. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes.